0: Welcome back, everyone. I'm Curtis Lawson, and this is the Your Project Shepherd podcast. On our last episode, James, the owner's representative, came to the rescue after Brian and Heather noticed mold damage in their master closet. They learned the hard way that a dryer vent was installed improperly and water was trapped inside the walls with no way to dry out. Normally, Derek, the builder's warranty, would have covered this, but he shut down his business after Brian and Heather's build was complete. He's back at his old job building production homes in the suburbs. Without his business in existence, there is no warranty. Fortunately, James comes up with a plan to remediate the mold damage and prevent it from happening again in the future. Once again, Brian and Heather are incredibly thankful for his expertise and hopeful that their house problems are behind them. It's now been a full year since the mold debacle. Brian, Heather, and their two kids have been officially in the house for 18 months. Unfortunately, home ownership has proven more difficult with this house than their last. Hurricane season hit hard this year, and the constant rainfall uncovered several leaks around exterior doors and windows. With the mold issue still at the forefront of their minds, they decide to call James first this time. He stops by to look at the issues and recommends a local handyman company who specializes in regular home maintenance. A few days later, Bruce, the project manager for the handyman service, comes out for an inspection. Brian gives Bruce a tour of their home, pointing out the areas where they've noticed leaks. If it's okay with you, I'd like to inspect all the windows and doors, Bruce tells Brian. Sounds great, Brian responds. After about 30 minutes, Bruce reappears in the kitchen. Hey folks, Bruce starts. I've gone through and noted all the areas that need work and documented them with photos. We can get one of our specialists to come out and take care of those this week. But I've found a few other things that are more concerning than that. Brian and Heather jumped to their feet. Please show us, Brian request. With that, they walk through the house. Bruce points out some cracks in the brick mortar and places where the siding's separating. Inside the house, he points out some drywall cracks, a few of the door and window frames near the areas where the exterior cracks are showing. When was your house built, Bruce asked. Well, we just moved in about 18 months ago, Brian replied. Well, these types of cracks are pretty unusual for a house this new, Bruce said cautiously. It seems to me that there may be some structural issues. What? Brian and Heather exclaimed simultaneously. Well, Bruce said, it's pretty typical that homeowners don't notice these types of things on their own, so I just wanted to let you know. We could repair the cracks, but I wouldn't want you to spend money on just a Band-Aid to cover up a bigger problem. Here's the card for a structural engineer and a foundation repair company. Bruce handed Brian a couple business cards. Tell them that I sent you. Bruce goes on to explain that his home maintenance and handyman service offers annual checkups for all these little items that homeowners tend to neglect and don't keep watch for. With two busy careers, two small children, and a total lack of experience, Brian and Heather sign up on the spot. They are grateful that Bruce noticed the issues, but the concern over the potential structural issue is going to give them many more sleepless nights. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Your Project Shepherd podcast. We are here to guide you through the custom home process, and we teach that a successful project must have four key components demonstrated by a super simple child's drawing of a house. The foundation is planning, the left wall is your team, the right wall is communication, and the roof protecting it all is proper execution. Today on the show, we are talking with Eric Klein of GoodSmith Home Care and Repair. And as the name implies, Goodsmith is a home maintenance and handyman service right here in Houston. So, uh, Eric, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And tell us something about uh, your construction background leading up to starting Goodsmith and how you decided to get into this business.
1: Absolutely. Well, um, I was a builder for 20 years uh, prior to starting Goodsmith. I got into the industry building for some production builders around the Houston area. Uh, after working, with and for a bunch of production builders for the first eight years of my career. I uh, broke off and in partnership with my father-in-law, uh, built um, some low to moderate income houses uh, in and around the Houston area. And then for the remainder of my home building career, built high-end custom homes, um, primarily on in the interloop areas of Houston. Uh, after building for 20 years, I realized the true need for people and homeowners around um, all markets, really, to have a good solution to their home care and maintenance uh, needs. And uh, through lots of conversations with homeowners and going out and talking to them at two years, three years after we'd finished a project with them, there was always a long list of honeydews and punch items that we're not necessarily our responsibility because the project was so far in the past, but they needed a trusted source to come into their homes and take care of all of these problems. Yep. And that's where Goodsmith originated.
0: Yep. We always get lots of those calls too. And they're all things that are so small that they're not profitable to do. They're a time a time suck. Uh, so I think it's a fantastic service. And I'm, I'm really glad to see that you've taken that opportunity and seized it, um, We've talked before about how I tried to get the same kind of thing going a number of years ago. It didn't really take off because I couldn't find the right people to do it. Um, But you've been very successful in building that team. And um, so tell us about your team. Like, who do you have on the team and what are the range of services that you provide?
1: Absolutely. Well, um, I originally... We started Goodsmith with my partner, uh, Morgan Booth, and myself, and he is a serial entrepreneur. And he really gave me that push over the, uh, over the proverbial cliff to start up Goodsmith. Um, we realized really quickly in starting this and going into the maintenance and the repair and doing the smaller items was that we had to stop or I had to stop actually building the homes it's very difficult to have your priority to go out and change a few light bulbs or change a few doorknobs in and out when you have multiple you know million dollar or even hundred thousand dollar two hundred thousand dollar projects going on um, we really focus on doing these small things and getting the right people and bringing as many of those people in-house to handle those uh those tasks uh, third partying out or getting contractors which is very which is the norm in the residential construction industry, we found does not work great for the service and repair model. Right. We, because we not you,
0: you can't control those
1: people, right? That's exactly it. That's exactly it. It's really, we are going in and out of the homes where the people are there, the children are there, the housekeepers are there, and it's very difficult to, you can't outsource culture. So the guys that we have coming in to change the light bulbs or change the air filter or just, you know, We've we've even been called in to suck a cockroach up off the corner of a, a ceiling because the, the homeowners didn't have a ladder for it. And <laughs> you know, you can't you can't outsource that. You can't send a van for someone to go over and take care of that. So we've really tried to build a team of um, you know, reliable, trustworthy people that have the want to to go out there and really serve people. You know, we we have to train a lot of this the individual skills for the basic maintenance items. Mm-hmm. And then we we go out and we we talk to a lot of our uh, third party contractors that I've used for years and years in the industry. And we'll try to bring them in-house and try to give them a more stable job, a more stable um workflow and come in and be a fine carpenter or be a great painter or be a great sheetrock guy. Yeah. So that that's really that's really the team that we have built is um a, a team that is all in-house but has the ability to go in and do fine craftsmanship in fine homes. Yeah.
0: I love the training room that you're setting up right now that you showed me. I mean, he's he's got this room that they're building inside their warehouse. That's basically a, a room inside of a house that's framed, it's plumbed and um, electrical and air, air conditioning. And it's a room that they can deconstruct and reconstruct and repair. And it's just a great training space, right?
1: No, absolutely. Absolutely. In we're not quite to the metaverse yet where we could put on goggles and train guys, That'd but be cool. that, I, I think that will come sometime. I, I really do. But this, we're really kind of calling it our home simulator where we can go in and we can break something and have, have our guys go out there and train on how to do it or to confirm that to us in, in the hiring process that they actually can do that.
0: Yeah. You could like get some toddlers in there and let them wreak havoc, and then turn the guys loose. I've on. got
1: a seven and ten year old that can't wait to go in there and break some holes in sheetrock.
0: So <laughs> come on, kids, let's 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 do some training for the guys. You know? <laughs> That's it. But you've also brought on some licensed trades, right? Like a plumber, electrician that are in house. Is that right?
1: Th- that is correct. We are trying. We have a master plumber and master electrician that are in house, so that we can um, provide those services to all our members with a minimal amount of friction. We are looking to bring HVAC in shortly, but uh, we've found, as kind of I said earlier, you can't outsource the culture going into people's houses. So we want to bring in house and control as much of the experience that our clients have um, as as possible. So if if it's financially viable, we will bring it in house.
0: Yeah, I think having those licensed trades is is really the key, right? I mean, it's it's better for the homeowner. It's better for you for liability reasons if you have a licensed person doing these tasks versus, you know, I mean, you know, Joe might be a great, uh, you know, home, home electrician, so to speak, but you know, when they're working on a complex home or maybe a very expensive home, you know, you kind of want to have that licensed guy working on it. (laughs) Well, yeah, exactly. And, and,
1: uh, my insurance company uh, requires me to have those licensed people. So a lot of the handyman experiences that people have are they will have the, of a real chuck in a truck, come out to their house and right. put in a couple dimmers and and do a ceiling fan installation, or you know, goodness gracious, go in and do breakers or things of that nature. But if you do not have a licensed professional doing that, I mean, you're putting your own your property and your life in in the hands of of an unlicensed contractor. So that is. It's a, it's a dangerous and kind of scary situation.
0: Yeah, totally. We were talking about uh, a couple of weeks ago that there's this, like this perfect storm of houses getting more complex. Yes. And then like the average homeowner is probably less handy than they used to be. Um, like folks of our father's and grandfather's generation, uh, they were more likely to handle all their own stuff, right? They would just go down to the hardware store and buy some breakers and some plumbing parts and they'd get in there and just fix it themselves. Right. Um but now I think it's a combination of, you know, we as a society, we've kind of lost some of those skills. Um, you know, our lives are busier. Uh, maybe a lot of these people are at a different income level and they would rather just pay someone else. Right.
1: I, I think that's absolutely the case. And, you know, for all of the things that technology has made our lives easier, it has also expanded the amount of time that we're actually working. We're now sitting on our couch checking emails all night long. We're not going to the hardware store and getting air filters or light bulbs right. or a breaker and coming home and replacing it. We we just keep moving and keep um, – everything has become more important in our lives than maintaining our homes. And, yeah, totally. And it, it, look at something as simple as the garage door. You know, there originally you got out of your car and you lifted your garage door. up. Right. Then you got an electric opener, and then the opener had a remote control on it. And now smartphone
0: control and exactly home automation integration. And, I mean, it's, you know, God
1: forbid you get home and your phone doesn't open up your garage door. And at this point it used to be, oh, the power was out or now it could be your router is out, your internet's out, your power is out, your GFCI is out there. Are, there are 15 different things that could, that could break anything in your home at this point. And that troubleshooting and knowing where to look for that is, it is getting more and more complicated. Yeah. And people don't want to spend the time to figure it out on their own.
0: Yeah. People don't do hardly anything on their own anymore. I mean, in our neighborhood, I think I've, I see maybe like one or two neighbors that actually mow their own grass. I mean, and, and that's the task that everybody used to do. You, you know, when I was growing up, I mowed the grass yes. for the family or, or, or my, you know, my dad did, um, but you just don't see any of that, uh, kind of personal engagement and home maintenance anymore. You were talking about, um, you know, the complexity with just a garage door opener and all the things that could go wrong. But overall, I think homes are more complex. I mean, so many systems in the home are more complex. So let's talk about that for a second. Um, what are some other examples that that, that you can think of of complexity in, uh, in homes today?
1: Uh, we see a lot, particularly here in the, in the Houston area, and of the climate in your home not being correct. Whether, usually it's too hot, It's usually too humid or you have a moisture issue. There's mildew forming on a wall. There's mold growing in places that there certainly should not be mold. I feel, and then you really saw this as I was building, every single year we had more complex or more magical materials that we were going to put in our homes that were going to make them less expensive, more efficient, and a much better place to live overall. And they all have unintended consequences and without the right builder. Without the right architect, without <laughs> the right engineer, one, one misplaced type of installation or vapor barrier can completely ruin the livability of a home. Yep, And we see that a lot where we're coming into homes where that are three years old that should still be really in their prime that people move out because the air quality is so poor, because right. somebody skipped a step in the construction process or the planning process. And I mean it's 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 great for my company. <laughs> it's terrible for the homeowners. Yeah. And um it's and it can be a really, really hard thing to fix. And even more than hard, it's expensive. Yeah. So and after building a custom home, last thing someone wants to do three to, three years later is go spend twenty thousand, fifty thousand or a hundred thousand dollars ripping out brand new
0: stuff. Oh yeah. I mean, that happens all the time. I mean, um, we had Toner Kirsting on a recent episode. Yes. And you know, Toner, uh, he and I work on a lot of uh, you know, cases together where you know products of uh, combinations of products that shouldn't have gone together have been used together, or a builder or a subcontractor installer didn't know the right way to install something. Mm-hmm. And so now that we're having all these weird issues, and like you said, it's great for me and Toner and you because we're getting paid to go and take right. care of it now. Um, but I would much rather see people not have those issues. <laughs> that 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 is
1: exactly it. Yeah, it's absolutely the case.
0: There's also some of these items, though, uh, that are just general maintenance items that yes. have to be kept up with. And it's not necessarily in those cases, it's not necessarily like the builder's fault right. or whatever. There's just a danger in not keeping up with those maintenance items. So, you know, what are some maintenance items that people kind of consistently don't think about or they forget to do, it ends up causing problems.
1: All of them. (laughs) Absolutely (laughs) all of them. Yeah. It's uh, one of our, one of our taglines is, you know, your home does not have a check engine light, right? There's the only way, you know, something's going wrong in your house is something breaks. It's too hot. There's water leaking in there. (laughs) There is no, oh gosh, your window will start leaking in three months. And so the, the biggest, the biggest things that homeowners overlook. Is the basic inspection? It's walking around the house and looking if something doesn't look new anymore, or if there needs to be some more caulking someplace. Yes. Yeah. Or um, are, are my filters dirty? Are my air registers dirty? All of these things there are usually small visual cues to let you know that something is wrong and something needs to be done. So definitely the the routine simple inspections, looking underneath the sink to see if there's water dripping underneath a uh, p-trap. Right. Those are what are really, really missed the most. Homeowners do a pretty good job of changing air filters or when the room gets too dark and only one of the four can lights is working, <laughs> then th- then they'll go in and they'll change the light bulbs. But as homes get more complex, they go to Home Depot and they buy the wrong color temperature light bulb. Then they right. have three bulbs that are different colors and then, then the fourth one. So... You know, things are getting harder and and homeowners will only really look at the things that affect their life that day,
0: or that it's like hit them in the face that they can see that's right. right in front of their nose. you know, talking about like not mowing your yard anymore. right? one of the one of the consequences to not kind of not maintaining your own property anymore is if you're out there mowing the yard, you're working outside your house, you're walking all the way around the house. Yes. you're seeing all this stuff. But there's people that never, ever, probably in years, haven't gone down. The five feet between their house and the fence, they don't know if there's water dripping out of something. they don't know if there's caulking missing. They don't know if there's a crack in the brick. They have no clue until a bigger problem surfaces, and they're like, Oh crap, I never noticed that that that's a- absolutely
1: it. And w- one observation is the younger generations, the sub thirty five year olds that I'm seeing out in the in the market right now, they've really kind of turned their homes into disposable items where they go, they get their starter home. They fix it up a little bit when they move in. Three years later, they move on to a new house. They never maintain it. And then after three years after that, they'll move into <laughs> another one. I thought, you know, my the baby boomer boomers, my parents' generation, they built built a house or moved into a house and yeah. they lived in well, it for 30 40,
0: 30, 40, 50 years. Yeah. That's
1: exactly it. And they knew everything about
0: yeah. it. I mean, it's the same thing with cars, right? People buy a car now they may never change the oil. They may not do anything. They keep it for three years and it's gone. Just buy, go buy a new car. That's right. Everything's that's right. disposable.
1: That that's it. Like n- never put new tires on it.
0: Right. It's like you know their mentality is like, well, I'm always going to have a car payment, uh, so I'll just swap it out every couple of years and you know whatever.
1: That that's that that's exactly it. And that that's that's the disposable economy that we are in yep. uh, right now because of supply chain and different COVID issues. You cannot get new appliances. I'm sure you're running into this oh, yeah. in, in the uh, custom home market. And a lot of the manufacturers are not making parts for appliances that are over eight years old. They just want you to go out and buy a new one. So, yeah. So there really is on um, certain items, the maintenance is just going away. But the items that are out there, the higher quality, higher end ones, the homeowners are not looking after them and just doing the basic cleaning and touch-ups and things of that nature that need to be done in order to make those appliances last 15, 20 years, like like they're they're actually built to do.
0: When was the last time the average person pulled their refrigerator out from the wall and vacuumed the coil on the back of the refrigerator? I I mean, I do it every once in a while because I I think about it. I'm I'm aware of it. Most people never, ever pull the refrigerator out until it it stops working. Was my refrigerator cooling and then the the repair guy shows up and it's like a dog back there behind the refrigerator.
1: That that is absolutely it. We we see that and we see dryer vents where there are oh, yeah. really, really scary situations. Um, you know, A lot of the built-in refrigerators, we I love the look on people's faces when we walk in and we just pop the little cover off the front that is so easy <laughs> and stick a vacuum in there and, and they see what we're pulling out of there. A lot yeah. of the stuff is not difficult. It's just the knowledge of knowing what to actually go through and what checklist you need to look at
0: every six months or, or, you know, or a year. Yeah. You mentioned the dryer vent. My, my mom called me, uh, last week and, and she said, you know, our dryer wasn't working and your dad couldn't figure out why. And so, uh, we called a appliance repair company and he opened, he pulled it off from the wall and looked at it. And he said the dryer vent was completely compacted and they have one of these vents that goes out through the roof. Yes, And they've been there for, you know, 20 years and they've never cleaned it out. <laughs> yeah, and, and and it's
1: amazing. They have a great dryer cuz it lasted that long. But yeah, uh, yeah we, shocking. we we see it all the time. Yeah. Absolutely all the time. Where I mean, we, we we will put a leaf blower on the uh, vent on the inside and go to the outside and get a big mesh net and catch everything that we blow out of there. It. It's shocking what we can pull out of there.
0: That's a great method. I never, never thought about that. <laughs> yeah. So,
1: <laughs> so the electric leaf blowers make it much easier. You can't bring
0: the gas one inside. Right, right. <laughs> So, so this, this is probably obvious now uh, based on that conversation, but what are the benefits of having you know, a, a Goodsmith uh, providing a home maintenance contract? So what all do you guys do? Uh, what kind of cost, you know, not, not getting down in the, into the, the nitty gritty on costs, but generally, you know, what kind of money is somebody looking at to have you maintain their home for them?
1: So we, we have a couple of different packages depending on how much you want to sub out for someone to maintain your house. We have maintenance projects where we are are products that we go in twice a year, and we have a product that we go in once a quarter. Um, And we also, if you're a member of our service, we will do anything you want on a on-demand or all the cart basis. Our basic maintenance programs handle light bulbs, air filters, flushing hot water heaters, cleaning out dryer vents, um, checking, caulking around the showers and wet areas, uh, changing water filters and refrigerators, um, pretty much any of the prescriptive items that you really need to do, um, multiple times a year. We have that in our maintenance program. Mm. The best part or one of the, what our clients really appreciate about our service is the fact that it is automatic. All of those basic items that they need to do are taken care of. We show up with the air filter. We show up with the light bulb. They don't have to go to Home Depot for an hour, go wait in line and get the air filters, get the light bulbs, and get all the materials. We show up. We charge them um, a very fair price for it. We pass a lot of our discounts along through them because we buy it in bulk. We're right. buying thousands of air filters a quarter. Yeah. You know, that they're buying three. So, um, Having a company that comes out there and buys in bulk and is able to pass along those uh, savings really will save the homeowner a lot of money in the long run. And having someone come in there and look after your appliances and take care of those things, we avoid and our homeowners avoid a lot of the emergency services that are out there. You know, It's, yeah. it's hard for us to prove the negative that your, your air conditioner didn't break because we were out You're there, right. but we... We after being in business for a couple of years, we find that a lot of our members will come to us and go, you know what? My house is good. Nothing's really broken that much in the last year and a half, two years. I don't think I need your service anymore. Shocking. <laughs> exactly. And we're like, you know, that's great. That's your choice. We'll be here if anything happens. And they usually are back in about six months or so after that after they stop maintaining things. Yeah. Um, the other good thing about having a trusted maintenance partner is when something does break, it's an easy way to have someone you trust come out to your home. You don't have to go to you know, the yellow pages. I don't even think there are the yellow pages anymore. But you're not going <laughs> Yelp, to- Yelp, Google,
0: exactly Angie's List,
1: whatever. And and just you start hammer dialing all the way down the list, and you don't know who's going to show up or who, if you can trust them, if it's going to be a good bid, or you know, or if they're going to come out and do a good job, or if they don't do a bad job and you pay them, will they ever come back and fix it? So yeah. it's it's building the relationship. It's you know, there's a little bit of money up front to do these. But they'll more than pay for itself in the long run because it's not if something's going to go wrong in your house, it's when and having the right person to fix it will save you a lot of money and a lot of headaches in the long run.
0: Yeah. So I bet if people add up all the costs of the little items that they should be doing, they probably aren't. So like all the items they should be doing, plus what they're currently doing, add in the time value of their money and then add in the fact that they may not have to have those emergency service calls, it's probably a wash, honestly, on paying you guys uh, versus what they would have spent. Do you think that's accurate? I think that's very accurate.
1: Uh, we, we really look at the metric out there is you should spend approximately 1% of your home value every year on maintenance and repairs. And so that, that's a high number because that also builds in replacing your roof. Which might is gonna be a big check every 20 years, 15 years, or depending on the type of roof you averages out. But it totally averages out over time. Our average client spends about five thousand dollars to seventy five hundred dollars a year with us, which seems like a big number. But when you we're doing power washing, we're doing window washing, we're doing a lot of things that people do not consider home maintenance, yeah, but is all part of the home maintenance. So that's not your contract pricing,
0: that's kind of what people are your contract pricing plus whatever people are adding on add-on services. That's right? exactly it. That's okay. exactly
1: it. Our 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 basic maintenance program is uh, eighty nine dollars a month, and then you can add on and build up from there. Yeah, which you know ends up being it's let's just call it eleven hundred dollars a year. Which for your largest asset is not that big, not not, yeah. not that big of a a number. Considering you're spending at least that on your car.
0: Yeah. I've been thinking about this and I'm, I'm not just blowing smoke here. I am going to sign up with you guys. <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, I'm a contractor, right? I can do this stuff, but I'm going to sign up with you guys because I just don't want to mess with it. I mess with other people's houses and problems all day. I don't want to go home and do this stuff.
1: At full <laughs> disclosure, probably this first six months of Goodsmith, I, I was still doing it. You know, Being a home builder, I really enjoy doing it, but it's it it wears on you to yeah. go home and you know having a family and we, wanting to hang out with your kids. It's yeah. so easy. To have someone that will come out there and take it, you don't have to worry about air filters or light bulbs or yeah. th-
0: anything like that. I mean, my, my my water heater actually went out last night, oh, and so I'm scrambling this morning to go get a water heater, get my plumber out there, get it replaced. So, I mean, I'm 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 real time dealing with these issues here, you know. Well,
1: it's uh, that that's the service that we provide. It's uh, one message, and we're
0: out at your house taking care of it. So. My wife would really appreciate that. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, the the cobbler's kid has no shoes or, or whatever. The, Th- that's exactly it. <laughs> the saying is, if you read your builder's warranties closely, there's actually a lot of maintenance items in there that the homeowner is responsible for maintaining. And if they don't do that, they could void their warranty. And then if something does happen, you know, they're kind of SOL, right? Um, so I think this is one of the most important parts uh, of our discussion is, you know, what things can you think of that you provide that you know if it's not done, it could void your builder's warranty on a custom home. I mean, the
1: the, the really easy ones are think about anything that's bringing you comfort in your home. Your air conditioning unit, don't change your filters, void your warranty. Mm-hmm. Your hot water heater, you don't do the proper maintenance and flush it out, you're going to void your warranty on it. Um, something as simple as replacing a light bulb. If you go in and you put the wrong wattage light bulb in there or wrong type of light bulb on there, yeah. you're going to blow the fixture out. You're going <laughs> to blow the fuse out. Guess what? You voided your warranty. Right? Really, anything that you touch in your home that is not done in a workmanship and high quality way in a very specific manner, you can void your warranty. A lot of things that, um, you know, caulking around windows. It's a really, really simple one. Yeah. But it's very pertinent in in our environment here in Houston. But you don't caulk around your windows and you have a, a metal window or particularly a wood window, warranty void.
0: Yeah. And so it's caulking a- is one of those things that people just don't think about whatsoever until there's a leak. But, you know, caulking is not made to be something that's going to be there forever. You know, it's, right. a, it's a material that it shrinks, it deteriorates. You know, you're supposed to replace that on a regular basis. And that's definitely one of those items that people don't think about.
1: Yeah, it, they don't realize how quickly it actually deteriorates. And worst place for it, the roof. Yeah. Your roof jacks. Yeah, someone needs to go up there once a year and take a look at that. Yeah, you know your roof leaks and you have not done basic maintenance on it.
0: And probably when that roof jack was installed, or when that window was installed, or whatever, the roofer, or the guy doing it, probably didn't use the most expensive tube of caulk that he could buy. Right? And he that's probably, right. Probably going to be the cheapest because that's how they're you know that, making money. So <laughs> that's exactly um, it. And even a good builder, I mean, I, I, I know from experience, even a good a good builder is not checking every tube of caulk that his subcontractors are using, right? So, I mean, I'm, I'm not, hey, are you using the A100 or are you using the, you know, whatever? Um, so, you're trusting your subs to use good products, but most of them are just going to grab whatever they can make the most money on. Um, and so, that means it's not going to perform as well as something that's a, you know, top shelf product. That's right.
1: That's right. I I know... I don't know a builder that is going up on every single roof and punching out every roof jack. Nope, that's just not happening. And so that—that's right. If a quality builder will have quality subs, which we'll always hope will make the quality decisions, but just why home maintenance industry is a hard one. It's all about the people, and sometimes people have bad days or run out of caulk and they need to get the job done. And <laughs> y- you might have a you might have a spot or two that was
0: neglected or just total wrong kind. Even you know that's right. There's a bunch of different types of caulks and sealants. And, hey, let's just grab one tube. It's kind of the same thing. You know, we'll just slap it on there. (laughs) It'll be good, right?
1: That's right. Walk down the aisle at any big box, and you'll see that there's a hundred different types of silicone and acrylic and different caulks out there.
0: And that's what I like about you guys, too, is that, I mean, I've seen your storeroom. You stock all these different products. And so you guys know what's the right product to use. Um, Even on stuff like air filters, you know, you're buying the kind of air filter that you should buy. You know, I, I think some people get suckered on air filters, right? They do. They, they do. They, they, uh, on Amazon, they just click something and order it, and it could be like crazy expensive and just the wrong kind of filter even. Um, but they don't know. They're just buying an air filter.
1: That, that's that's exactly it, and, and that's all they've been ever taught is just put a new air filter in there and you're good to go because the last one they took out was absolutely filthy. Yeah. They don't know that there's you know, 13 different grades of them to actually put in there. An anti-allergy one that costs seventy-five dollars might not be any better than just a standard MERV ten or MERV thirteen that costs thirty dollars.
0: So, especially if it's not changed on a regular basis, that's right. right? I that's mean, right. Um, my my philosophy has always been buy the cheap air filters and change them more often.
1: <laughs> that's that that's absolutely a really good way to do it. If you're changing them often, you can't go terribly wrong.
0: So, I'm going to change directions uh, a little for the last few minutes, uh, okay. and this is kind of unrelated to our. Maintenance discussion, but these, these are some questions that I'm asking all of our guests. All right, um, and since you're a former or recovering uh, custom home builder, uh, <laughs> you probably have a hot take on this. Uh, what kind of person uh, is kind of shouldn't go through the custom home process? Because I, I think that you know some people are better off. Maybe I should just go buy a house in the suburbs or buy a house that's uh, already built. Um, so, what kind of person shouldn't go through the custom home building process?
1: Oh man, I probably have a couple names of specific people, uh, but no, uh, do that. we will definitely not do that. You know, I don't, I th- don't think that there's anybody who should not go through it. I think there are a lot of people that jump a lot of the preliminary stages of it and really evaluate what they need. I mean, there's a, a custom home. I oh, always to tell my clients, it doesn't have to be super expensive. It's going to be more expensive than a run-of-the-mill spec house or particularly a production builder where there's a lot of scales of economy. But if you want to live in a very specific area, you will more than likely need to find a custom builder. And I think the person that really shouldn't do that is one that isn't comfortable enough with themselves to take good advice from trusted Mm, professionals.
0: that's, That's fantastic. Yeah.
1: So that, that, that's really what that, that you have to be at least humble enough to know that you are not the expert on yeah. absolutely everything. And you have to be able to take at least some leaps of faith to trust your contractor, trust your architect, or trust the people that you are actually paying to do what's right by you and do your part up front to vet them to make sure that if they do make a mistake, they will be there to stand behind their product and help you recover from any mistake that they made.
0: Yeah, that's a great answer. Um, I asked that question to everybody, and I think that's the best answer I've heard so far. Oh, well, great. So uh, on the flip side of that, uh, who do you think is the ideal, who's the builder's dream, who's the perfect uh, client to have as a builder?
1: Somebody building their third or fourth custom house <laughs> that has already made every mistake and has a very clear vision or at least by the time they get to the bid process on it has a very clear vision and a pretty solid budget on what they want to spend and you know it doesn't have to be the highest budget but they just have to have realistic expectations mm-hmm. so that that's that's really it it's it, I, I don't think that there's not a cookie cutter perfect client but somebody who is a- aware of the situation and preferably gone through it a couple times yeah. is always great
0: I think those people probably tend to have a higher level of trust too. Yeah. Cuz they're probably making better decisions on who to hire to begin with. And so they're putting more trust and more faith into their team. That's that, right? that,
1: that's absolutely it. That's absolutely it. And and you just hope that you they haven't they weren't burned on their last home because <laughs> otherwise they they can be very skeptical. So.
0: Exactly. Any stories that you've uh, either seen dealt with of projects that have gone awry or Horribly wrong.
1: Oh man, um, should have been more ready for this. I, you know, <laughs> I, I guess really the, uh, you know, twenty years of building houses, you see a lot of crazy things. You, you see, I've seen a framer accidentally cut himself off the second story of a building, kind of Roadrunner style. <laughs> um, but that was way back in the beginning of my days. Wow. Uh, that that was a very interesting one. But you know, I, I think really some of the craziest things that recently, particularly on the home care is how far people will let their home go because it slowly evolves in front of them. And it's not always really relevant or prevalent to them when they walk in their house every single day that all of a sudden, you know, you have a dryer vent that you can pull out 17 sweaters because it (laughs) hasn't been cleaned out in, in uh, 20 years. Those are the, the, the really wild and crazy things are, are it's, are unfortunate because they almost are always preventable in the, in the, particularly in the maintenance and repair end of things. But, um, man, gosh, I'm sorry. I don't have a, no, I, you're don't good. have any, uh, <laughs> any better, more fun, uh, hysterical stories.
0: <laughs> I actually found one time a, a skeleton of a possum and all of her babies all together under somebody's jacuzzi tub, you know, behind the access panel. And I was thinking to myself, that had to have smelled bad for a while, right? Yes. So, <laughs> uh, I, first of all, I'm not sure how they got in there. Uh, and secondly, when that thing was rotting, how did they not smell it and call somebody to take care of it or just open the door and look, look for it?
1: No, that, that, that's, <laughs> that's right. I, I've got one. Um, my dad was a, a home builder for a, a short period of time. Um, Not really that short period of time, but this is up in Kentucky and kind of dovetail into that story. The reason you always seal behind a bathtub when you are before you install the bathtub is that critters can crawl up there. And he had a skunk get in and managed to work his way up into a really awkward spot in the wall. And they could not find it. They couldn't figure out uh, where the smell was coming from. Eventually, I think he ripped out about a third of the sheetrock of the house, all the carpet. (laughs) Just because of uh, what, you know, what what one little crazy skunk that got in there. So it's, it happens.
0: Right. (laughs) Well, I I think that's about all I've got for today. Um, I really appreciate you coming on. Um, Eric Klein, it's been fantastic having you. Thank you so much. I really Um, appreciate it. I'm so glad that you're out there killing it with Goodsmith. It's a much needed service. And I hope that our Houston area listeners and viewers will take advantage of your services. So uh, before you go tell them how they can find Goodsmith.
1: Excellent. well the uh, the easiest and most informative way is uh, mygoodsmith.com uh, that's our obviously our website out there that has all of our membership and different uh, programs that we provide. And then um, through uh, Goodsmith on Instagram and I honestly, I don't know my handle on Instagram or, our Facebook on those. So. You don't do it yourself. I do not do it myself. Oh. <laughs> I uh, I'm a little bit old school. I think when it comes to that, I, I let my partner run with the uh, marketing.
0: Well, if you just search Goodsmith on Instagram, yes. I am sure you will find it. And it, when we publish this episode, we will link your website and your Instagram and Facebook, so it'll be out there for our our viewers and listeners. That's that 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 is fantastic. My
1: uh, business partner is cringing as he's listening to this right now i'm sure
0: (laughs) well thanks eric and uh, thanks to all of you for tuning in for another episode of the your project shepherd podcast and again remember that every successful project has these four key components represented by a simple drawing of a house the foundation's planning the left wall is your team the right wall is communication and the roof is proper execution so thank you for joining us and we'll see you soon